You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Alright, we'll just be talking and just be sharing and just be talking and then we'll take off. Amen. Glory to God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Alright, I'll just do what the Spirit of God asked me to do. Um, you know, first of all, when you come for a program, it's important to know why, what the program is all about and what God wants to achieve. God does not fix appointments for nothing. Whatever, whenever God fixes an appointment, it is for a specific purpose. There's something on his mind that he wants to achieve. And it will really be wonderful if you know how to cooperate with God so that he can achieve that purpose in your life. I was in Zaria a few months, a month plus ago, and the Spirit of God told me, when you return... You're going to have three sets of meetings. February, March, and April. And the focus is to teach God's word. And release the miraculous. Hallelujah. And so it's a teaching and a miracle meeting. Hallelujah. The miracle is in the teaching. So if you hear the teaching, you have received the miracle. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Alright. So understand that. And um, years ago, 996, 29th of August, the Spirit of God uh, visited me in a mighty way. And He gave me an assignment to teach faith and to prove the integrity of His Word. And there are two dimensions of what God had called us to do. The first dimension is to teach. And so there is a gift to teach. And the second dimension is to prove what we have thought. So there is a gift for the working of miracles. Hallelujah. And so tonight, you'll be taught God's word. And there'll be working of miracles. Hallelujah. We did not call ourselves into these things. It is God's by election of grace. Amen. Am I communicating? We did not sit down and choose. This is what we want God to do for us. Or this is how we want God to use us. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It means that God doesn't change his mind about it. They are eternally sealed and signed. Glory to God. So today receive me as God's gift in the name of Jesus Christ. And allow God visit your life through the words I will speak to you. Allow God visit your life through the power of God that is at work in me. Amen. And your life will never remain the same. When God wants to change a man's life, he sends a man. Amen. Glory to God. And when he sends a man, he sends a man that he has chosen. And tonight God has chosen me to speak into your life. Some of you, as I'm talking, there's age-long sicknesses you've had. They will vanish. You just discover that they are no more there. There's some of you, there are habits you've struggled with over the years. You've struggled with them over the years. You'll just find out that the hold of that habit has been broken over your life. There are some of you here, there are certain territories and certain spheres of life you've been trying to enter. There are certain levels you've been trying to enter. After this meeting, you will find that you have been positioned on that level. Permanently. Hallelujah. 
you will see that you will see that some of you have been reading scriptures and you don't understand you want your christian life to be better than it is now but all that you have done has failed as god's word comes to you praise god it will strengthen you, you will be strengthened with might by your by the spirit of god in your inner man all of a sudden you'll be reading the bible more than you were reading before you'll be praying more than you were praying before you'll be more committed the things you were thinking when would they happen you are now doing it Glory to God. Some of you, your family story is nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. Your family is a disgrace. It's a shame. But in this meeting, as you are hearing God's word, you have the one that God has marked to change the story of your family. That that shame will be turned to honor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Prayers of yesteryears. Today is the day of the answer. Are you getting the picture? Prayers, you have prayed. Some of them, you've forgotten you prayed. But God did not forget you prayed. Amen. And tonight, as God's word is coming, you will know that He did not forget that you prayed about that prayer. He will remind you and say, You asked me for this so such so, a so time ago. You've not been asking me again, but here it is. Take it. Take it. Take it. There are meetings that are generational meetings. It means that what God does in your life, your children will hear about it. Are you understanding me? Your children will hear about When God told the children, He said, gather at Mount Sinai. Oh, they've been gathered. God has called them to gather somewhere before. But that meeting, that meeting at Mount Sinai, the story, children after, two generations after, the story of that meeting was told. Tonight, hallelujah, the story of God's visitation in your life will be told to the next generation in your life. This next generation, the lineage that we follow, they will hear about God's visitation to you by reason of this lightning from heaven. The word of God does not just come as information to your mind. When God's word comes, it enters your bloodstream. It changes your DNA. Your DNA carries your genetic information. It means that if you give that to a child, your child might not be there when you were a child, but he will be behaving like you. But when God's word penetrates you, amen, and gets into your bloodstream and into your bones, the information in your DNA will change. If the information on your DNA is that this child is going to be a weak child, now it will change. That strength has come, capacity has come, weakness has gone. You have been trying to do business, trying to do something that will make sense, trying to do something with your life. No more you try to do that thing with your life, the more difficult things are. Just watch and allow God visit you tonight. <laughs> You will now see that it's not you trying to make something out of your life. God has made something out of your life. Yeah. Some of you have been stretching, stretching, stretching. The Lord showed me a vision some time ago where He said, See, people were trying to stretch. Some of them were taking stones to pluck fruits. He said, No, don't do that anymore. The fruits were falling for them. Hallelujah. Yeah. The fruits they were trying to pluck. Now the fruits were falling to them. In this season of your life, fruits will be falling to you. Grapes, 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 grapes will be falling to you. They will fall. They're fallen. You didn't see it. It will roll to your feet. After falling, you did not see it. It will roll to your feet. It's a year of laughter. We're still laughing. Because our captivity has been turned again. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Who are like them that dreamt? 
Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. So we're still laughing. Nothing can stop us from laughing. Glory to God. Turn out your neighbor and say, I'm still laughing. Just laugh. <laughs> Glory to God. People die suddenly. People also prosper suddenly. People lose their jobs suddenly. People also can get jobs suddenly. People suddenly get sick. Is it not so? I'm coming. Let me get to the house and collect something. Then they call. He said, "You almost you are not." He said, "I just entered the house. I just started feeling feverish." Ah, what happened? I cannot come again. Suddenly. Amen. Is it not suddenly? If the devil has the capacity to do suddenly, how much more God? If the devil can cause something to happen suddenly, look at the life of Job. Job, Job, Satan visited him. Suddenly, all his children died. Suddenly, all his businesses were closed down. Suddenly, calamity from left all of them. They said, when one man will run to come and tell him what was happening, he said, look, um, your stocks are going down. The man has not finished talking. Another person is coming to say, Ah, your children just died. And now one comes and say, Boko Haram just attacked your company. And now, are you understanding me? The different story upon the other. That's suddenly. Is it God? The creator of the heavens and the earth. The maker of all things. That cannot make your own stories be that. When they came to say, Ah, they've opened job for you. Then they'll just come again and say the visa has been granted. They'll just come again and say the admission has been given. And they'll just come again and say that the doors have opened. And they'll just come again and say, Ah, it has happened. Is it, is it, is it God that cannot do that? He said, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? It might be hard for man. It's not hard for him. <laughs> So suddenly, suddenly. tell about suddenly. suddenly. Say again, suddenly. suddenly. Glory to God. <laughs> See, we are, we are in the winning team. Glory to God. You know, you know, you know. No, some of you don't understand. I say winning team. You know, some of you are into several football clubs, you know, Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea, and the rest of them. You understand that? Then sometimes you say, ah, you know, somebody asks, which one is your club? I don't know. Because your club might win in 2012, then 2014, they will be at the bottom. They begin to wonder, ah, is it not the same club? So some people, the way to be healthy is just to choose the, anybody that wins is your club. Is that not so? Anybody that wins is your club. Alright? But see, in the realm of the spirits, our club <laughs> is the Lambslain United. They never lose any match. Before the foundation of the world, they have been destined to win. <laughs> Amen. So you are sure that they will always win. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are on the winning team. team. 
You know, I, I've heard stories about how they said some max, matches were fixed. You know, they talk about fixing matches. See, we come and see, the match, the greatest match fixer is God. He had already fixed the match before he even recruited people to come and play. Amen. So, in this match, sickness and you, 1-0. Poverty and you, 1-0. Are you understanding me? Everything that you are playing against, you have already won. The match... Match was fixed before the game started. <laughs> so, anytime we look through the scriptures, we see the scores before we go into the game. <laughs> so, if they let, let them give all of us yellow card in the, in the match, we'll all go out at the end, it's to be 1 0. <laughs> Glory to God. Give our goalkeeper red card, let him go. It's not of works. He will leave. Amen. It's not by his efforts. It has already been fixed. Amen. You know, in life, many things have given you yellow cards. Some things might even be giving you red cards. But no matter how many yellow cards and how many red cards you have received, you are still on God's team. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And in the next game, they will see you again. He's stealing you again. Amen. Ah, this guy, this guy. No. He did this, he did that, he did that, he did that. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. Why do you think the Bible says no weapon of the enemy formed against you by the enemy shall prosper? Now that's Isaiah 54, 17. The last part of it says, every tongue that rises against you, against you in judgment any tongue that rises against you in judgment he said you shall condemn it why will you condemn it because you have been justified you have been discharged and acquitted no other condemnation no other sentence is hanging on your head so there's no sentence of failure on your life i said there's no sentence of failure on your life there's no sentence of of poverty on your life are you getting the picture? Every tongue that rises against you, that's New Testament. That is what Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 54. The whole book of Isaiah, Isaiah has 66 chapters. Listen, this Bible that we read, we really need to understand what the Bible all is about. The Bible is God's revelation to man. And in the Bible, there are 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament. 27 in the New Testament. And the book of Isaiah also has 66 chapters. So, Isaiah is the Bible in a nutshell. And from Isaiah chapter 1 to Isaiah 39, it's like Old Testament. From Isaiah chapter 40 to Isaiah 66, it's like the New Testament. When you read Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 starts by saying, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Hallelujah. He said, Because your iniquities have been pardoned. Amen. That's New Testament. Glory to God. Now, when you look through Isaiah, you will see great things in that book. Prophecies that concern you. So, when we get to 53 and 54 of Isaiah, we begin to see the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings are in Isaiah 53. The glory that should follow is Isaiah 54. Amen. 
And one of the glories we saw was that no weapon, verse 17, that is formed against you. No weapon. No weapon that is fashioned, that is designed, crafted, made, invented against you shall prosper. They did not say it will not be made. But after it is made, it will still not work. As long as it is against you, it will not work. Okay, if it did not work, they might not say things that will make other people harm you. Or say things that will cause spiritual things to work against you. Then I said, every tongue that rises against you in judgment, in condemnation, that says, because so so and so, this is not supposed to happen to in your life. He said, you shall condemn. Then he says, this is the heritage. This is part of our eternal inheritance. No, you know when we talk about inheritance, you know some people talk about inheritance. So what do you inherit from your father? I say, I got a car. What do you inherit? I got a land. Now, we didn't just get, our inheritance is not just physical. We have a spiritual, eternal inheritance. Glory to God. For example, there are certain things that are not tangibles. They are not things we can touch with our hands, but they are part of our inheritance. Divine protection is our heritage. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Health is our heritage. Having dominion and taking over is our heritage. Glory to God. It means that it's not that we, we don't have to fast and pray for it. We were born into it. Say amen. An inheritance is something you were born into. Amen. You were born into it. But there are a lot of believers that don't understand their inheritance. And they are not taking advantage of it. Rather, they are fighting with other believers that are enjoying their own. Remember the story of, you know, it's the story of the prodigal son. How many of you know that story? The Bible says that that young man came to his father. He had an elder brother. He came to the father and told the father, Look, give me that which belongs to me. My portion of the inheritance. People think that that thing he asked for was wrong. It was not wrong. He was of age to ask for it. It was right to ask for it. What the problem was that when he collected it, he disconnected from the father. It's the disconnection that was wrong. God wants you to enjoy the inheritance, but he still wants to stand as your father. Glory to God. That's why you see believers say, oh, they hit one big money. Then they stop praying. They stop going to church. They will still come back. Amen. Because see, your fellowship with God is what sustains your inheritance. So the fellow, the Bible said he went to a far country. And if you are here this evening and you have gone to a far country because you took small portion of your inheritance, you are mistaken. He went to a far country. And when he was there, the Bible said he spent all his living and no one gave to him. Meaning that, hey, he was spending, but he was not getting back. That disconnection, that fellowship with the father was absent. So he was not receiving constant supply. Hallelujah. As you fellowship with the father, there is constant supply. Hallelujah. There is constant supply. But my God shall supply. Hallelujah. All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he went to a faraway country. And while he was in that faraway country, things started going wrong. Thank God he understood the Father's love. And any child of God that understands the Father's love, no matter what goes wrong, you know where to go back to. Tonight, may God open your eyes to understand the love of God. 
that the grace of God might be with you. The love of God might be with you. And the fellowship of the Spirit will be with you. That was the benediction. He said that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit, it should be with you. Never abandon it. Hold on to His grace. Hold on to His love. And stay in fellowship. Hallelujah. Alright, so he left, but he recognized that the Father's love, it will never change. It is an unconditional love. So he said, I will return to my father. Even servants in my father's house have not come to this level. And then he went home. Praise God. Now, but the part of the picture I want to show to you is not just that his father ran and received him and gave him a ring and gave him a robe and welcomed him back. That was not the part that was really interesting to me. The part that is interesting to me is that the father threw a party for him. My son that was lost, now he has been found. And he said, he killed, killed the, the largest, the biggest calf, you know, a, a animal and slaughtered it and they were eating and drinking. His elder brother, was somewhere else on his way back he had music in the house and then he said what is the music about they said that your brother that was lost has been found and your father threw a party for him the brother was angry he refused to enter the house that's how some believers are angry that our brother you know that brother he's not serious with god oh god give me a new car I know that sister. I know the way her life is. Why God don't bless you? Don't bless you. And then me that is fasting and praying on in time. God is not blessing me. Amen. The elder brother was angry. Why will the father lavish him with love after he had done all those things? And then he confronted the father. Why would you do that? You know what the father answered him? He said, All the things that were here, they were yours. Amen. All that I have is thine. Meaning that if you wanted to party every day, <laughs> if you wanted to do a party every day, I would not have stopped you. You were not enjoying the inheritance. It was available since. So don't be angry that somebody is working in divine health because you refuse to work in it. If you wanted to work in it, God would not have stopped you. Don't be angry that another brother is working in dimensions of prosperity. And then, oh, because if you wanted it, God would not have held it back from you. Amen. Am I communicating? So don't be the elder brother. Amen. That's always offended at what other believers are enjoying. And always judging other believers in your heart. And you are judging them. In your heart you are saying they don't deserve it. That's what grace is. Amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So tonight... You will enjoy that inheritance. Amen. Amen. You will enjoy that inheritance. You will enjoy that inheritance. And you will not be jealous of another. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you so ready for tonight? That was just preparing you for what I want to say. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Are we ready tonight? To hear God's word? You know, hearing God's word is like feasting. When you come for, they say you are invited for dinner and a feast. You just come. The purpose is to eat. No long story. Everybody starts eating. You know, just start eating, eating. So we came to feasts. Amen. On eternal verities. Are you understanding me? 
We came to feast. And when we are feasting, make sure you eat everything. Glory to God. Everything on the table is edible. Thou prepared a table before me. There's no poison on the table. Everything is edible. In the presence of my enemies. That means there are some people that are even angry about how I'm eating. He doesn't even know how, how, how they bought that chicken. He's just chewing it anyhow. He doesn't, he doesn't even know that that wine is very expensive. See, he's just drink gulping it, gulping it. See his throat. <laughs> or he just he drop the cup and you belch. <coughs> <laughs> what is your business? You were invited to come and eat. Amen. They didn't invite you to come and ask where the things came from. Are you understanding me? They didn't invite, you are not a quantity surveyor. They didn't call you to come and t- carry out you know, a, a quantity analysis. How, or what was spent here. That's not your job. Your job is to come and eat. Amen. So tonight, tell your neighbor, eat. That's in essence, receive. Glory to God. Amen. I want to share something very important with you. We'll try and start tonight. And tomorrow evening, I believe we'll conclude. Oh, I love God's word. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. I don't know about you, but I love the word of God. Someone said, I had esteemed the word more than my necessary food. Jesus said, Man shall not live, Matthew 4, 4, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. But by every rhema, hallelujah, that proceeded from the mouth of God. So God's word feeds us. It feeds us. It feeds us. There's nothing that satisfies the spirit of a man more than God's word. Even if they give you a car now. That's why you see, no matter what they give to you that is physical, man's, man has an insatiable taste and desire. In the essence that, uh, what, I meant, what, I, what I mean is that he can never be satisfied by what you give him. It's just momentary. If you give someone, so say, hey, this is the thing I've been waiting for. After one month, he'll be waiting for another thing. Is that not so? Because nothing can actually meet man's need that is physical. The Bible said God has set eternity in our hearts. You know what that means? There's only, only eternal things have the capacity to satisfy man. That's why, no matter how somebody is successful and there's a void of God in his life, he still feels empty. Just recently, on Sunday, a great man of God, Charles Caps, teacher of faith, passed on to be with the Lord. Thursday or Friday, before he died, he died on a Sunday. He had gathered some relatives around him and then he said, in two or three days time on Sunday, I'll be going home to be with the Lord. Amen. That's the way to go. Amen. He said, I'll be going home to be with the Lord. I'm done. And then, while they were around him, he said, and I want to go in my sleep. 
And on Sunday morning, he did not wake up. Hallelujah. What a way to go. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's not the only one that passed on like that. E.W. Kenyon had a story like that. After breakfast, say, I don't want to be disturbed. He goes to the room and sleeps and never wakes up again. Amen. That's the way to go. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are not of this world. Amen. I said we are not of this world. Mm. Are you ready? Sometimes I'll be slow. Sometimes I'll be fast. Your job is to follow. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What's your job? Follow. Just follow. Just follow. When you just discover that we have arrived somewhere. Amen. Wow. We see where we have reached now. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. People talk about soul travel. Soul travel. Have you, you have not seen travel of revelation. Amen. Revelation travel. Spirit travel. You'll be transported from, from no man's land where nobody knew you to a place of significance. Amen. All You are sitting in one place. You are sitting in one place. But that transportation has taken place in the name of the Spirit. Amen. Don't joke with a man that I had an encounter. Hallelujah. Whether it's an encounter with the word of God, never play with a man that has had an encounter. Even people that have had demonic encounters, you might have known somebody before, then a demon enters him. You are, you are doing anyhow to him, treating him anyhow, then a demon enters him. You come again. <laughs> the Bible tells us about seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. Huh? They've seen Paul cast out devils. Alright? So they've been doing that. They now saw a man that was possessed. And they said, in the name of, of, of God or Christ, whom Paul preaches, come out. You know what this woman said? He said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? He tore their clothes. Attack them. Amen. This is someone that maybe ordinarily they would have been able to handle. But when there is a demon inside a man, he has powers that are more than normal. Is that not so? Much more a man that has an encounter with God. So you came here as a weakling. Maybe you came here timid. You came here in fear. After this encounter with God's word. You will go back with blood washed eyes. Eyes. Now that when you go back, there's boldness. That's when they saw that Peter had been with Jesus. They saw they heard about they saw the boldness of Peter. They knew he had been with Jesus. The same Peter that used to dodge before. Say, Are you not Jesus' disciple? Me! Look at me with your Kurokuro eye. Me. Jesus, I don't know him. <laughs> that same Peter, that same Peter, now had an encounter with God. And then that same Peter said, Silver and gold have I known, but such as I have, 
give I unto thee. He was talking like someone that had something now. You will live here talking like someone that has something. Glory to God. Such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The one in power does not negotiate. You were negotiating before this meeting. But you are in control now. You are in power now. You will not negotiate. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's start from there. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. I like to start from verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, um, in Hebrews 11 chapter, we have the story of all the heroes of faith listed out. And um, the whole chapter 11 was dedicated to heroes of faith. Certain men and women were mentioned in scripture. And um, it seems to be that there are important things that God wanted us to learn from their lives. There are some fellows that if not that their names were mentioned will not have given attention to their stories. But because their names were mentioned, we had to go back and look at their stories in the old covenant. Because heaven does not recognize things that don't matter. If heaven recognizes something, it means it matters. Hallelujah. So, when heaven mentions a name or a place, it must have some spiritual significance. So, we read through Hebrews 11 and we saw certain Bible characters mentioned. From the likes of Abel down to the likes of Jephthah or Samson and the rest of the judges rather. And their names were mentioned. And the scripture says so many powerful things about them. Just to mention a few of those things the scripture said about them in Hebrews 11. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Then he said, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Hallelujah. Then he said, mentioning. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Then he said, mentioning their names later on. Abel, Enoch, one after the other. Listing their names and what they did. Now, several names were mentioned. But, you know, the Bible actually was not necessarily written in chapters and verses. If you are writing a letter, if you are writing a letter to me, someone wrote, some people wrote a letter to me today, beautiful letter, I loved it, amen, I was touched by that letter, amen. And they didn't write the letter in chapters and verses. They didn't say chapter 5 verse 2. They just wrote the letter. Of course, there are punctuations of command, full stop, and all that. But they just wrote the letter. Because the letter is an expression of what they wanted to say. They are communicating to me. Are you getting the picture? Now, most of the epistles in scripture were letters. The book of Hebrews is a letter. Addressing specifically 
Hebrews or Jewish Christians. Hallelujah. Jews that have become Christians. That the letter was addressed to Jews that have become Christians. Alright? Now, when we start from Hebrews 11.1 1, or Hebrews 12.1 it's as though that's where the chapter started. No. It was the people compiling it that broke it into chapters and verses for reference. Amen? So, what Paul was talking about actually started from chapter 10 and got to um, um, a, 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 a height when we get to chapter 12. It's a pity that for sake of time, I'll have to start from that height and not take you from where it actually started. And the best I can say is that from Hebrews 11, he was mentioning names of several Bible characters. Then when he got to chapter 12, verse 1, he said, wherefore? Now, you don't start a sentence by saying, therefore, or wherefore. If I say, therefore, that means there's something that is therefore. Amen? Am I communicating? So, now, wherefore means that what he's about to say connects to what he had said before. He said, wherefore seeing, we also, now he's talking about we, everybody say we. we. We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. I know there are several interpretations of this scripture, you know. But the cloud of witnesses he was talking about were the people he mentioned in Hebrews 11. Amen. 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 Those were the cloud of witnesses. All of them were witnesses. Everybody say all of them were witnesses. That means that everybody had his own testimony about God. Remember you read, I mentioned Hebrews 11 where it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. That means by it they were good witnesses. Amen. The report they gave or the testimony they gave was what they experienced. Amen. Am I communicating? So, back to Hebrews 12.1. He said, Wherefore, seeing we also, you and I, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Isaac. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? He said, this cloud of witnesses. All of them had an experience with God. Okay, let me help you. The scripture that will help you. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. That's how Hebrews started. Hebrews started with Hebrews 1 1. And there's no other book that started without a greeting. And no other epistle rather. That started without a greeting like Hebrews. It started by saying God. Amen. God who at sundry times. And in diverse manners. Spake unto the fathers. The fathers are the same witnesses. Amen. By the prophets. That means that through the prophets he spoke to these fathers. Now both the prophets and the fathers all were witnesses. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? Then in verse 2 it says, Has in these last days spoken unto us. That means that all that they were trying to say, Jesus was the final message of what all the witnesses were trying to say. Amen. So let's go back to Hebrews 12 verse 1. Wherefore, seeing were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Seeing these witnesses, we see Abel, okay. We see Enoch, okay. We see Abraham, okay. We see Isaac, okay. We see Samson, all the people mentioned. Seeing this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, if you read that scripture, it's still hanging. Amen? It has not landed. 
There's a way somebody will be telling you a story. So we now went to the place. Then we now, as we're about to, it now goes away. As if it needs a story. The story has not ended. You say, excuse me, you are about to what? He <laughs> said, we were, we were, we're just about to. Then it starts going again. He said, hold on now, we're about to what? He <laughs> said, we were, we were about to. <laughs> you know, he said, talk now, <laughs> about to what? If you read Hebrews 12, 1 and stop there, that's how you are hanging. Amen. Because it, 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 it has not landed yet. So, in verse 2, he now says, looking unto Jesus. That's where it's landing. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright. It's now we started school. Amen. Amen. Let's start. Hebrews 1, 12 verse 1, and Hebrews 12 verse 2 is all we're going to be talking about in these two days. Amen. Amen. Now, see something here. <coughs> the Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. But it was painting a picture before he got there. The picture he was painting is this. Wherefore seeing we are encumbered around with a lot of witnesses and every witness had his own story. Amen. If you call Abel, Abel had his own experience. If you call Enoch, Enoch had his own story. He said, as we are seeing all of them, seeing all these witnesses, there are two words I want to pick out in the two verses, alright? The first word in Hebrews 12.1 is seen. Everybody say seen. Say seen. That means that no matter how we do and practice our Christian life, in our Christian experience, we keep seeing them. If you read the scripture, you will see Abel in the scripture. You will see Moses. You will see Enoch. You will keep seeing them. If you are no more seeing them, it means that you are not practicing the faith. Hallelujah. Now, verse 2. The word I want you to focus on in verse 2 is looking. Everybody say looking. looking. Okay, you can type it message seeing and looking. Alright. Now, <laughs> the Bible said that we are seeing all these witnesses. We are seeing Abel. We are seeing Enoch. We are seeing Moses. We are seeing um, 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 perhaps maybe Isaiah. We are seeing all of them. But he tells us where to look. Do you know as you are sitting out here, if you are sitting behind somebody, you are seeing the person's head. Is that not so? Look around there. You are not seeing people. But where are you supposed to be looking to? Here. Amen. You are seeing all these people. You are seeing all these people. But where are you supposed to be looking? You are supposed to be looking here. Amen. You are supposed to be looking here. Now, a lot of believers don't understand that this is the explanation of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We are to see many things in the New Old Testament, but we should look at the New Testament. There are many things we will see when we study the Old Testament. But the focus, the purpose of it is that we will see Jesus in the New Testament. Because he said, looking not unto Abel. No. He didn't even say, looking not even unto Abraham or, or, or Isaac. He said, looking unto Jesus. Why? He said, Jesus is the author and 
finisher. King James uses the word of our faith. The word our was not in the original context. So it would have been read Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Hallelujah. Of faith. Amen. Author and finisher actually means that he is the one that initiated it. He is the initiator of it. Faith was not your idea. It was God's idea. Are you getting the picture? You know, there are some people that don't understand that faith is not their idea. And they are trying to focus on their faith. Say, I must have faith. I will, I will have faith to be healed. No, 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 no. Don't focus on your faith. Focus on what He has done for you. Your focus is on Jesus. That focus on Jesus is faith. <laughs> Amen. You didn't hear me. I said that focus on Jesus is faith. It's faith. Yes, have you seen some people say they are not believing God for something? They will close their eyes tight. God. As though they are in labor. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? When they are in faith, it's like they are in labor. But what God's grace does for you is that when you understand the love and the grace of God, your faith becomes unconscious. When a child is learning how to walk, he will first be, every step he's taking, he's conscious of his honor. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you have been walking since, when you stand up, do you think about how you throw your legs? Walking is unconscious. When someone is learning how to drive, if you, if that's how many times you do um, step on the brakes, you can count. You say, okay, now, I've been suffering when they're driving, doesn't it? They remove the two hands and change gear. <laughs> Back on the steering. You understand that? If they want to change gear, the car will be going somewhere else. They hold the steering back. You know, everything, they have to consciously do it. But when the person has learned how to drive, you know what happens? He can be making a call and driving. He can be singing and driving. There are places you will pass. You will not even remember when you pass the place. Is that not so? Are you getting the picture? I said, well, have we even reached here? When did I pass Rumola? I don't even know when I passed Rumola. Why? You are now unconscious of that. Now, God wants us to focus and be looking onto Jesus until we are no more conscious that we are trying to get something from Him. Are you understanding me? You are no more conscious of trying to get money from God. You are no more conscious of trying to get a job from Him. You are no more conscious of trying to be healed. Your focus is just looking at Him. And you find out that by fixing your gaze on him, he will take care of everything that concerns you. Am I communicating? Now, some of us are looking onto the witnesses and seeing Jesus as one of the things. No. He said seeing these witnesses but looking onto Jesus. The word look... It's not just, it has depths of meaning. To look also means to believe. Amen. Am I communicating? It means that you are facing that direction with expectation. When the man at the um, gates called beautiful met Peter and John, the man that was crippled in his feet, he met Peter and John. Peter made a statement. 
He said, look on us. Amen? Amen. Meaning that, hey, when the guy was looking, he was expecting something. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Now, when the Bible says, look, it didn't say, look to Jesus. It didn't say, yes, you, since you have looked to Jesus. He said, looking. Everybody say, looking. Is present continuous. Hallelujah. You say, I was looking yesterday. Look today. Keep looking tomorrow. Anytime you stop looking is when things start going wrong. But as long as you are looking, the same way he is the initiator of faith, the Bible says, finisher is not just, what it means by finisher is the perfecter, is the repairer. Is the maintenance of is the one that maintains your faith. So as you are looking, he will be doing his own work. Amen. Of maintaining and perfecting your faith. Am I communicating? Now that looking is something really key. You know, there are a lot of times where we get distracted. In the original Greek and uh, Hebrew writings of the, that scripture. It talks about looking away unto Jesus. As though there are other things that are trying to get your attention, but refuse to pay attention to them. Why did he say looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith? After mentioning that, he now said, talks about Jesus, said, who endured the cross, hallelujah, despising the shame. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Now, that when you are looking unto Jesus, there are things you should see when you are looking. Anybody that looks at Jesus and does not see his suffering will never experience his glory. Are you with me? What makes that looking powerful is that you will actually see the suffering of Jesus on your behalf. When you keep looking and looking, Isaiah 53, 4 will become real to you. Surely, He had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Are you understanding me? It's no more, I don't know, maybe, oh, maybe God died for us, maybe He didn't die for us. No, no. As you keep looking and looking, you will see that truly, your sicknesses were laid on Jesus Christ. You will keep looking until... See, this looking is not physical. Your physical eyes. Your heart now will see. Your heart will see. Your heart will see. The eyes of your heart will now see. That truly, He was made poor. That you might be made rich. Truly, He experienced everything negative. That you will not have to experience it. He suffered so that you will be glorified. Amen. It is that... Picture that changes a man's life. Amen. Why do you think Isaiah 53 was such in such graphic terms? So that that picture will be painted in our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. So that that picture will be painted in our hearts. We will actually see that Jesus made this sacrifice. That the iniquity of us all was laid on Jesus. Now let me say something, something very important here. A lot of people don't understand 
the issue of the sacrifice of Jesus. We think of it as one of the topics in the Bible. No, the sacrifice of Jesus is not a topic in the Bible. The sacrifice of Jesus is the essence of the Bible. Are you understanding me? If there was no sacrifice, there would have been no Bible. So, the whole reason this whole book was put together was because of what Jesus did. Every book of the Bible is the story revealing who Christ Jesus is. If you read through that Hebrews we have been talking about, you will keep seeing Jesus, 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 Jesus. Chapter 1 starts by saying that this Jesus Christ, He has a ministry, He is better than angels. Amen? By the time you get to chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Hebrews, He now starts comparing. Now, the, the Jewish man believes in the ministry of angels. If you tell him angels, uh, he believes. So the first thing he told him is that this Jesus Christ is superior to angels. Amen. You know, say, he ended Hebrews 1 by saying, Who are angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to us that are heirs of salvation? Amen. Then he said, Jesus was given a ministry higher than that of angels. That even angels in a certain place began to say, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Glory to God. When you go to chapter 2, 3, he now has left angel. Now entered and said, Even this is your Moses. Jesus was more faithful than Moses. That Moses was faithful, but he that owns the house is better than someone that is a servant in the house. He was saying that Jesus is superior to Moses. So, throughout Hebrews, he was doing a contrast. Angel and Jesus. Jesus is superior. Moses and angel. Um, Moses and Jesus. Jesus is superior. Then in Hebrews 4, he now started talking about the high priest. The office. Alright? After the promises, um, what Joshua did and so on and so forth. Towards the end, he now explains and says that this Jesus Christ, just as the high priest, went in, hallelujah, and gave us all access. He spent chapter 5, 6, 7, establishing the priesthood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? All he was trying to point was that everything is about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Glory to God. Tap number says it's all about Jesus. Say again, it's all about Jesus. So when he says looking, looking unto Jesus, because it's all about him. When he says he's the author and finisher, it's also the same way Jesus introduced himself and said, I am the Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last alphabet in the Greek last letter in the Greek alphabet. So if you were saying it in English, you would have said, I am the A and Z. Glory to God. So Jesus said, I am everything. This whole world is about me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you getting the picture? And Hebrews took time to explain everything about Jesus. In that word we are reading now, he called him the author and finisher of faith. In chapter 13, I believe in 7 or 9, he says something. He said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't tell that to a Jewish man. The Jewish man has read Malachi that says, I am the Lord God that changeth not. For you to now say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, you are saying that that Jesus is God. Amen. Are you getting the picture? So it's not someone, just say, Jesus Christ, say yesterday, today. it's not just a sentence. It has deep meaning. Amen. Say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. Matthew's accounts of Jesus, 28 chapters. All he was trying to show is Jesus is the King. Hallelujah. Mark wanted to show 16 chapters. Jesus is the servant. Because Isaiah called him the servant. Hallelujah. So he was showing that scripture that that servant you were reading about, it is Jesus. So Matthew called him the king. Mark referred to him as the servant. Luke said, Jesus is a man. Hallelujah. And he was called son of man. But John said he's God. Hallelujah. In the beginning it was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Everybody's account was a picture of who Jesus really is. All through the book of Genesis, every part of that old covenant was establishing that the story is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. It says, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. That's Jesus. He's the seed of the woman. Amen. In Exodus he said, hey, hey, hey. He talks about the Passover lamb. The Bible says Christ is our Passover. So everything that happened in Exodus was Jesus. Leviticus was about the priesthood. And the high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Glory to God. You go from one book to the other down to the end. You will keep seeing Jesus. In the book of Numbers you will find that Moses took a, a brazen serpent. A serpent made of brass or bronze. And put it on a, uh, um, um, made it, made it, kept it on a high, on a pole. And then he told them, all that were beaten with serpents. He said, look at it. If you look, even if you were beaten by the serpent before, as you keep looking, you will not die. John 3 told us, he said, just as the son of man. Hallelujah. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in, in the wilderness. Even so, John 3, 14. Even so, will the Son of Man be lifted up. That means that this, what Moses was doing in the wilderness by putting that serpent on a pole is the same as Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Moses was showing them, this thing you are seeing is our salvation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Am I communicating? Yeah. All of scripture is about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let me say this to you. Jesus on the cross. Jesus death, burial and resurrection is what defines everything. The reason why we are not sick and we will not be sick it's not because our faith is strong. No. The reason why you will not die before you are 80 or 70, or you will not die on the road, is not because, ah, me, I know my covenant with God. No. The reason why you will pass that exam and do it, ah, me, I know success is mine. No. The only reason is that Jesus had paid for you never to fail. He had paid for you not to die. Are you understanding me? It is the finished work of Christ that makes every other thing relevant in my life. That's why Paul said, he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. Glory to God. 
It's not what we are doing that makes it work. It is what He has done. What He has done is what makes our doing relevant. The done work, the done work, the finished work is what makes whatever thing we are doing have sense or make any sense. What gives credibility to our prayer is what Jesus had done on the cross. Are you getting the picture? The reason why we are sure that if we pray, God will answer us. It's not because we pray the effectual fervent prayer. No. It's not because when we were praying, oh, we shouted. We quoted the exact scripture. No. It's because Jesus died on that cross. And that cutting of division was broken from the top to the bottom. And the access was open for us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Our prayers are answered because of the finished work of Christ. Our bodies are healed because of the finished work of Christ. Are you getting the picture? Prosperity belongs to us not because not because we are from the nether data. Yes, yes, resource control. No, it's the finished work on the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, he resurrected. Power belongs to me. Riches belong to me. Wisdom belongs to me. Honor belongs to me. Strength belongs to me. Glory belongs to me. Blessing belongs to me. Because of the finished work of Christ. Anytime you stop seeing that finished work, you start walking by yourself. It is that finished work that makes us rest. We rest in the finished works of Christ concerning us. Say, so, I will not die because I'm too young to die. Your mates have died before. It's not because you are too young to die. Because you, Jesus paid. Or he died. Hallelujah. And part of the heritage you got because of his death was that you will fulfill your days. Let that picture begin to change. That means that now you are looking unto Jesus. You are no more looking unto your faith. You are no more looking unto your prayer. You are no more looking unto your back. No, you are looking unto Jesus. Why will next month be greater than the previous month? Because Jesus died. He was buried. He resurrected. Why will my marriage and my relationship, why will my children grow up and all live well and do the right thing? You know, because I ask Keno, Koboko, I'll flog them. No. Because of the finished work of Christ. The Bible says, our children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Because of Isaiah 53. That thing about children is in Isaiah 54. He said, your children will be taught of God. That means in their sleep, God will be teaching them. They will wake up with revelations that they did not learn in church. Why? Because of the finished work of Christ. Amen. So, my future is great. Not because of the country I come from. My future is great not because of the education I have. Thank God for education. Thank God for where I come from. Thank God for a physical heritage. But because of that finished work, nothing can spoil it. Since the death of Jesus cannot be undone, my success cannot be undone. My prosperity cannot be undone. Are you getting the picture? My health and healing cannot be undone. My assurance is in that thing that Jesus did on the cross. Glory to God. Why would that virus not have a say in my body? Simple. Because of what he did for me on the cross. Surely he bore my griefs. He carried my sicknesses and diseases. By his stripes I was healed. 
the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. When he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That means that every punishment that would have come on me was poured out on Christ. Unleashed on Jesus. What was left for me was glory. Was health. Was victory. Was prosperity. So I'm looking. I'm looking now. I turned my eye away last month. But now I'm looking. I'm looking and I'll keep looking unto Jesus. And when I'm looking unto Jesus, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. As I'm looking on Jesus, I'm seeing my cancer on Him. As I'm looking on Jesus, I'm seeing that blood infection on Christ. Hallelujah. As I'm looking, I'm seeing my sins and the punishment for my sins on Jesus. Listen. Your sins are totally forgiven. Amen. Hey, this forgiveness of sin is one of the most powerful truths you can ever learn in your life. Say, my sins are forgiven. Now, it's not forgiven because you are saying it now. It was forgiven before you knew. But now you are realizing. Say, I have realized that my sins are forgiven. Let me, let, let's look for some trouble now. You know, when we talk about this, someone say, well, your sins are forgiven, well, but remain small. <laughs> you know, some people get angry when we say, your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. Hey, don't say that. Heresy. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When your sickness is healed, past, present, and future, let me ask let me see. When were your when were you healed by the stripes of Jesus? Okay, let's just just don't do like your deep Bible students. You know, when were you when were you healed by his stripes? When Jesus died on the cross. Alright? When he was on the cross, by his stripes you were healed. Is there anybody in this hall that was standing there when he was on the cross? Was there anybody here? Yeah, Baba, you were there? Mama, you were there? Is there anybody in this hall? Anybody in this world that was alive when Jesus was on that cross and died? Nobody. That means that when Jesus was dying, some of our grandparents were not even born. Are you understanding me? That means that that death on the cross was for the future sicknesses. Is it not so? Your sickness, the malaria you, you had in 2013 or 14. It had not happened when Jesus was on the cross dying. But he was dying for your sickness that you will have in 2014. Am I communicating? He was dying for the sickness you will have in 2016. The reason why you will not be sick in 2016 is because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. So let me ask this question. Were your sicknesses healed past, present and future? Now, if your sicknesses were healed past, present and future... Why do you now think that your sins were not forgiven past, present, and future? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen. Was there anybody that was standing on the cross and then he said, Jesus, take my sin. This one. Uh, this or that one. Alright, die. No, nobody was there when he was dying. When he was on that cross, you were not yet born. So that your sin you are committing is in the future. It was already forgiven before you were born. Am I communicating? 
Before you were born, your sins were forgiven. All you needed to do was that when you now got to know something, God's word came. Hallelujah. And then you realize that your sins were forgiven. Am I communicating? So, when we say your sins were forgiven, past, present, and future, understand what we're talking about. Understand what we're talking about. Nobody was there on that cross. You were not there. You were not even born. That's what the scripture says in Romans 5. It says, while we're yet sinners, God commended, God showed, demonstrated His love towards us. Hallelujah. He died for us. He died for us while we're yet sinners. Am I communicating? So, our sins were forgiven. Our sins were not forgiven because we are going to appreciate it. No. Our sins were forgiven regardless of whether we appreciate it or we don't appreciate it. The sins were forgiven. What we then, if an angel forgive them, they say, what would they do? That was God's love. Amen. It was unconditional. Hallelujah. Before you were born, He forgave you your sins. Do you know, let me explain why this forgiveness of sins is very important. What God is trying to prove to you this whole world, the reason why any man will go to hell is not because of his sin. It's because he rejected what Jesus did on the cross for him. Amen? Listen. Because if the excuse was like, Oh, I lied. I stole. Okay, but it has been forgiven. So, okay, why am I going to go to hell? Because you did not accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Every sin had a punishment. Every sin had a penalty. When Jesus was on that cross, He took all the penalties of every man's sin. That's why He was referred to as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So He took what? The sin of the world. Your sins were laid on Jesus. Tap your number say, Your sins were laid on Jesus. Say again, say, my sins were laid on Jesus. Now, looking unto Jesus means that you are now seeing your sins on Jesus. So when Satan comes to accuse you, you will point, look at it on Jesus. It's on Jesus. He took it. He himself took our infirmities. He didn't send an angel to take it himself. Himself. See, concerning your sins and your sickness, Jesus took personal responsibility. Amen. Amen. Are you getting the picture? He took personal... He didn't didn't, didn't delegate it. He took personal responsibility concerning your sins and your sicknesses. As I'm talking, those sicknesses are dropping from your body because, listen, He took it. Can we go back to Hebrews 12? Hey, listen oh. Wherefore seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. These witnesses are all the people we talked about in Hebrews 11. Abel, Enoch, I've mentioned that earlier. He now says, seeing all this, let us lay aside every weight. Some of you always pray, Lord, Lord, I lay aside every weight. I lay aside every weight. And that sin which don't easily beset me. I lay, let me explain what he was saying here. He said, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin. He's talking about two different things here. Every weight and the sin. Every weight and the sin. Which does so easily beset us. Let's start with the weight. The weight. The Greek word there translated weight. Was talking about a bending load. A load that bends you. Amen. In that case, 
Sickness is a weight. That thing that will not allow you do the thing you are supposed to do. Serve in ministry as you serve, as you want to serve. Be committed to God as you want to be committed to God. Are you understanding me? He refers to all of that as weights. Amen. Amen. All those are weights. They are bending loads that are on you that bend you, that slow you down. Hallelujah. Then he said, and the sin is talking about a habit in your life that always brings you under condemnation. Easily besets you. Anytime it happens, say, I God, me again. That he said, this weight, every weight, and the sin. Some of you, as I'm talking, you know that there's this thing that in your life that's always shameful to you. It easily, it just makes a mockery of you, besets you. He said, the cure to it is not to be fasting and praying. He said, the cure is looking unto Jesus. How you lay it aside is by looking unto Jesus. As you are looking, the weights will drop. Ah! Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. My sins were laid on Jesus. Hallelujah. Sin will not have dominion over me. Because they were laid on Jesus. As you are looking, an empowerment comes from that sacrifice into your body. Into your mind. Hallelujah. And you are strengthened with might by His Spirit in your inner man. Am I communicating? Listen to me. The cure for every habit in your life is to turn away and start looking unto Jesus. Amen. Tears might be coming out of your eyes. You open that scripture and you keep confessing that thing that Jesus has said about you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The power of sin is broken over my life. Shall I continue in sin? God forbid. How shall I that is dead in sin continue any, long, any longer daring? As you are doing that, you are looking unto Jesus. And the power of that habit will be broken. Will be broken. Will be broken. Because Jesus had done it for you. He said, uh, me, uh, I always smoke, no? I, if I'm not high, you know, you know. As you are in that place, open your scriptures, hallelujah. And start saying, no, I'm looking unto Jesus. When Jesus was on that cross, all my habits and my wrong desires were laid on Jesus. And the power of sin was broken in my life. You will go and carry that in their hand. It will be like bitter leaf in your mouth. You know what has happened to you? It has been laid aside. The power of that habit has been broken in your life. The cure is looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Just as the serpent beat them. And they were dying. They were struggling. Some of them were trying to tie. Tie tonicates or whatever. Tie it so that blood will not flow. But the more they were struggling, the more they were dying. God, if I commit this again, cut my leg, cut my leg. You are dying. You are dying. You are dying. He said, no. Don't tie it. Leave it. Look to Jesus. Look at that brazen serpent. He said, but, uh, look at what? It's the pain in me as I'm looking. He said, he said, keep looking. Keep looking. He said, hey, 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 glory, 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 glory. I'm free. I'm free. As you are looking, you'll be seeing that it is already done. Hallelujah. It's already done. It's already done. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Have you never said the secret? Is looking. Keep looking. Did you look yesterday? Look again today. Look again tomorrow. Keep looking. Hallelujah. The transformation is in looking. 
The change is in looking. And you walk out of this place and you will know that God has visited your life. Glory to God. You will know that God has visited your life. Amen. Amen. I'll say this. In the book of uh, Revelations 5, we're reading from Revelations 5 where the scripture talked about how all of heaven they were trying to open the book that had seven seals. And there was not found any worthy to open that book. And then someone said, weep not. And I'm announcing to you, weep not. I said, weep not. Glory to God. Weep not. He was looking around, looking around. Based on all the witnesses he saw, there was none worthy. But we're looking to Jesus. The Bible says, For the lion of the tribe of Judah have prevailed to open the, the seals. When the lion prevailed, I've shared this before. They introduced him as what? The lion of the tribe of Judah. If they introduce him as lion, you expect lion to show up. You understand that? Go to the next verse 6. Revelation 5. And beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and out and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood what? A lamb, as it had been slain. But they said the lion is coming. But what did we see? A lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. God wants you to see the lamb slain. The sacrifice of Jesus is what you should see. Amen. Even if he was introduced as a lion, he must be seen. That means that when he came up, God made them see him as the lamb slain, not as a lion. The lion was the title, but the picture was the lamb slain. And that's the picture that changes your life. That that sacrifice was not made for us, for me. It has to be personal. It has to be personal. And the lamb was slain. What is the lamb? Verse 12 says, what is the, Say with the loud voice, What is the lamb that was slain? To receive power, riches. That means that the reason why money is answering to me is because of this sacrifice. This sacrifice is superior to every sacrifice that has ever been made by any man. Hallelujah. It is God's own sacrifice. And is an eternal sacrifice. He's speaking today over my life. I said he's speaking today over my life. He said in my village one time, they did one sacrifice like that and said that this sacrifice is superior to the sacrifice in your village. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Some of you know something about sacrifice. This sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice. It's the only sacrifice that affects everything about humanity. It affects sin. Forgiveness of sin. It affects healing for your body. It affects prosperity. It affects the favor of God upon your life. This one sacrifice. Hallelujah. Is a one-stop sacrifice. Amen. By this sacrifice... Everything about humanity was fixed forever. Say, I see it. Say, I see it. Say again, I see it. Glory to God. Listen, 
there are some of you here that you are, you, are, you are receiving what we're saying, but you're still fighting within you. You know what the fight is? The fight is, okay, but my own case was that there is no case that the cross did not address. You didn't hear me. Amen? There is no case that that sacrifice of Jesus did not address. Your own is not an exception. He said, I joined one kind of cult like that. Serious cult. <laughs> is it not human blood they use in the cult? Is it human blood? Is it your human blood? God's blood is superior to human blood. The blood that was shed to free you was God's blood. It was not human blood. It was God's blood. Amen. The blood of God. Chicken blood and goat blood. You say goat blood is superior. Human blood and goat blood. Which one is superior? God blood and human blood. Which one is superior? <laughs> that was what was shared for you. That's why you understand that there is no curse that can work against you. When you realize the weight of the blessing will crush any cause. Are you getting the picture? Why did the Bible say the barren should sing? You know, there's a way a King James puts it this way. He says, Isaiah 54 says, single barren. When Galatians was talking about it, he said, rejoice. The word he uses, rejoice, O barren. Why will you tell the barren? You know what it means to be barren? It means that you are unproductive. It means that you are unfruitful. It means the capacity to produce is not there. But he now tells the one that has no capacity to produce that he should rejoice. Why? Because that suffering, that sacrifice that was made, has annulled every disqualification. Are you understanding me? If you cannot produce, you have been disqualified from producing. Are you understanding me? You don't qualify. That's what it means. But the Bible says that because of Isaiah 53, even the barren now qualifies. You didn't hear me. It means that there is nothing now that you don't deserve to have. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to school. That's what you're saying. I didn't go to school. That sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf has made it that your education is not a disadvantage. If you are looking at your education as your help, then you don't need God's help. But when you now see that heaven helps those who are helpless. Amen. Are you getting the picture? And then you say, I am helpless. I am what? Helpless. He, you get that one. That's one. It's something to write down. Everyone helps those that are helpless. So I am helpless. My education, I don't trust it. I thank God for it. I don't trust it. I leave everything. Then, the bar, even the barren will sing. Even the barren will rejoice. You know what he said about, if you read Isaiah 54, you'll be amazed what he said to the barren. He said, you know, he said, look, look, look. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud. Spare not. Do not hold back. He said, for you, you have more children now than the one that is married. 
That means the person that is qualified to prosper, you are prospering more than that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What Isaiah 53 did for you was that it has qualified you more than the qualified. Oh, glory, 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 glory. You see, this man went to learn how to manage money. He went to learn wealth management. You don't qualify. But by reason of Isaiah 53, you are qualified to have more money than a man that went and learned wealth management. Single barren. Single barren. The barren will sink. When the barren sees Jesus, looking onto Jesus, the barren will begin to sing. Hey, children have come. I received the children. They have come in the name of Jesus. So, why are we singing? Why are we rejoicing this year? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, see there are some people that even, they have even commissioner. They have, uh, they have a senator in their church. They have a, a what do you call the other one? They have a, a vice president in their church, the governor that go to their church. You know, they are the ones that are qualified to buy land. Why are we singing? Why are we rejoicing? Because Isaiah 53 has qualified us. Amen. The pleasure of the Lord is prospering in our hands. Glory to God. Am I communicating? The reason why we are buying land is that we have been qualified. We qualify more than the qualified now. Isaiah 53 has qualified us. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We are heirs of this world. We are heirs of this world. We run this thing. We own this thing. We run this place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he said, sing, O Barry. Sing, O Barry. Enlarge the place of your tent. Start making room, preparing like someone that owns everything. Glory to God. He said, enlarge your tents. Glory to God. Walk to that shopping mall and ask how much is this place? That's enlarging your tents. That's enlarging your tents. Glory to God. You walk into that place, you start asking big questions. You're asking big questions. Not because you have a bank loan. You're asking big questions because of Isaiah 53. Montoles Caprata. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't have children yet, but you are going to nursery schools to ask how much is school fees? How much is school fees? That's single barren. That's single barren. Make a paranda a case. Kure crete se. Mente e creto so. Lavande e crete. Ku apara. Hey, glory to God. Lerondo hoskaprosa. Le cretoso. Manta aliske. Oh, glory to God. Your business has not started. You're reading for 500 magazines. You are reading it as though you are part of them. Why? You are singing, O Baron. The Baron is singing. Make a paranda. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. He's making you enlarge your place. Enlarge your place. Why? He said, Your seed shall inherit the Gentiles. Hallelujah. That thing that is coming from you, it has the capacity to take over. Your businesses, your ideas, your concepts, your projects, they are taking over. Hallelujah. They are taking over. They are taking over. <laughs> that sacrifice has done it all. It is the reason. That's where my confidence is. Make a platoso. Lando Kloto Soposo. Lele Lele Boso. As I'm singing. As I'm singing, you know what starts happening? As I have before the street starts happening. I start breaking forth on the right. There's breaking forth happening. You are breaking forth on the right hand. You are breaking forth on the left. On every side you are breaking forth. Glory, glory, glory.
Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you.